I'm so beyond thrilled to introduce you to our guest today, Miss Amy Porterfield. Amy, we're so excited to have you today. Oh my goodness. I have genuinely been looking forward to this. You are a powerhouse in all things launching and courses. This is going to be a fun conversation. Yes, absolutely. Been looking forward to it. Okay. So before we really get into it, if, if somebody is not familiar with you, can you just give us the background, who you are, what you do, who you help? Yes. So I always say I am an ex-corporate girl turned accidental entrepreneur. So for about six and a half years, my last nine to five job was with Tony Robbins and I was the director of content development. So I got to travel the world and work with Tony on stage with the content that he does on stage. I wasn't on stage with the content <laughs> that he does on stage, like unleash the power within date with destiny. And it was an amazing experience. All my content creation skills came from that time working with Tony. But what happened was one day he had this meeting where he invited a bunch of online marketers into the San Diego offices. I was called in to take notes. So humbly enough, I was at this side table. There's a bunch of men at this big oak table. And Tony said, like, tell me about your businesses because Tony was getting more into the online space, selling courses. And, and he's a genius at figuring out who's doing it well and modeling that. And so they went around and they talked about their businesses. And for the first time in my life, I thought, I want that. I want a piece of the online business building uh, pie. And I never knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never aspired to have my own business, but these guys had freedom. They were doing what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted. They were making lots of money and lots of impact. And that was the moment that I thought, I've got to figure that out. So it was about a year after that fateful meeting that I thought I'm going to go out on my own. I knew social media well, I had done it for the Robbins organization. So I went out and I started doing social media for small businesses. And for about two years, I had a service-based business and I did a little coaching consulting. And then I realized I hate this. I don't like working one-on-one. -on -one. It's not right for my personality. And I ultimately wanted to teach in a big way. So that's when I stumbled on courses. So I created my first digital course, huge failure. I made $267 and then cried for a week. Oh and I thought I'm not cut out to do this, but I needed to stick with it because I didn't want to go grovel back for my job. And so I figured it out. So fast forward 14 years later, I've generated over $85 million in digital course sales. I've helped over 50,000 students create courses, build email lists and build businesses. And I'm just really proud of the work that we've done because now it's no longer about me wanting freedom is that I want to create freedom for more and more people. I love that. And I, you said the word impact. When I think of you, Amy, the, the term ripple effect is what comes to mind because you help your students. How many students did you say you've had? You Over have 50,000 have gone through our courses. Okay. So 50,000 students have gone through your courses. Then they create their courses and then they have students. And it's this ripple effect that thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions, I'm sure of people have been affected and their lives have been enhanced and they have that impact because you show up to teach and it's just this ripple effect that keeps going on and on and on. That's so what I love about courses. Yeah. It's one to many, the people you can reach all over the world. It's insane how high or far your reach can get. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We're not limited to a certain city, to a certain country. It's just ongoing. 
Yes. I have been following you since 2019. I joined your program, Digital Course Academy, years ago and have followed you and learned from you, you know, since then. So years now. And so one thing I want to talk about is um, digital courses. Is this an industry that is still growing or do you see we're kind of towards a peak? Um, what's, what's your industry insight for just digital courses and online learning in general? So we do research on this all the time because this is my business. Mm-hmm. And so we've looked at the growth. And in 2020, we saw a massive growth, as you know. People were sent home from their jobs. And for the first time ever, more and more people were more open-minded and willing to try either creating their own digital course or engaging in a digital course. So there's a whole new audience, I think, just just uh, invited to the table to, for e-learning. So we saw major growth in 2020, and I kind of thought it would start to taper off just a little bit because it was such a boom. We haven't seen that. So we are seeing a rise in digital course learning, those that are engaging in courses. I don't mean people creating courses, although I think that is on the rise, but more so people engaging with the courses, learning from them, buying them. So it is only getting bigger and bigger. And they anticipate it's a billion dollar industry, billions of dollar industry already, but we're continuing to see the growth, which I'm really excited about. I, yes, I love that. And I was thinking about just my personal consumption of digital courses. And I think once you get into the world of learning in this, in this manner, from a consumer standpoint, you see how effective it is, how helpful, how accessible it is. And I personally have, I think I've gone through four or five courses just this year alone. Some are lower ticket, some are, you know, much higher priced. And it's just this thing, like once you get in the world, you want to stay in it. You do. It's like this ease of learning. What we, what we, what so many people realized in 2020, when we had more time and we were sent home from work, that it's cheaper to, and instead of having to travel to go learn what you need to learn, you get to stay in the comfort of your home and your yoga pants as you learn, you get to go back to it again and again. I have so many of my students who say, Amy, every time I want to do X, Y, Z, I just go back to your digital course that I bought from you years ago, just to refresh. And I love hearing that. So it's this resource that could continue to give and give into your life. So you're right. There's so many benefits for the course creator, but also that the person that's engaging with the course, the student. Mm -hmm. It does feel sometimes that the industry, just online in general, is changing so fast. There's AI, like everywhere you look, there's a new tech platform that's out there. Can you share with the, just the digital course world, what's working now? And even on the flip side of that, is there something that's no longer as effective as maybe it used to be? Okay. I'm going to share my thoughts, but then you have to promise to share your thoughts because When I got invited to this uh, podcast, I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn something here because you're in the trenches with so many course creators. So I'd love to hear your thoughts too. So first of all, AI, you're right. AI is going to change the game for everything we do in online business building. Mm -hmm. And the way I have embraced it, and I love AI, I'm very excited about it. The way I've embraced it is in my world as a digital course creation assistant. So AI is not going to create your entire course and launch your entire course. If you do not have a roadmap, if you do not know what to do step by step by step in creation and in marketing and launching, 
AI is not going to help you do that because learning the roadmap, especially learning from someone who's gone before you, whether they learn from me, you, or somebody else, learning from someone who's gone before you that knows all the roadblocks, all the opportunities, and all the things to stay away from, that is priceless. But using AI as an assistant to help round out your content, figuring out what to put in your modules and your lessons and your bonuses and extra ideas, no longer staring at a blank screen. You know, in my program, Digital Course Academy, module three is how to fully outline a digital course from start to finish. And there's five steps I take people through, one being at the end pruning because most people add way too much content to their course. But in the beginning, they're looking at a blank Google Doc. And this is where I would lose people. We do a lot of um, assessment about how to get people to the finish line. And this is where they stall. And so I've always had to do pep talk videos and add extra accountability to keep moving them forward. Now I could teach them how to fast track that outline where they don't get stuck. These are the things I'm excited for helping people get their course created and launched faster and more efficiently. That's AI, but be careful how you use it in terms of it's got to be an assistant. It is not your guide. And that's a nuance mindset shift, right? That you really have to think about because it could get very dangerous. And all of a sudden everyone's creating watered down, empty, boring courses that get lost in the mix of the online noise. So in order to stand out, you've got to be the guide and your, your AI will be your assistant. So really important there. Mm -hmm. So that's one huge shift that we're seeing. And then over the years, two things that really stood out for me that have changed. Number one is that back in the day, I used to make videos in my digital courses that would be like hour long or more. Like it wasn't even a big deal to put together hours and hours and hours of content and the video itself was like an hour long to get through didn't even think twice about it these days that would never work and so people's attention span is so short that when Mm -hmm. i teach my students to create let's say modules and lessons like the way i do it is let's say you have five modules underneath the module is your lessons your your video lessons and so with those video lessons let's say you need to teach something that will take you an hour to teach we're breaking those up into 15 minute videos. The momentum that people need to feel to get to the finish line is incredibly important. Like I focus a lot on getting people to the finish line. And so shorter videos that they feel like they're making progress with, very important. Another thing that I do different today that I did years ago is I might make a 15 minute video and it's like the big picture, but if they're step-by-step, like do this first, Mm. do that next, I will put it in a supplemental PDF that they can print out. And when they're ready to take action, not learn, but take action, now they've got the step-by-step to learn uh, and do it, not just learn, but actually implement. So that's like a, a nuance that makes a huge difference to get people to the finish line. These are things I didn't have to worry about 10 years ago, but yeah. the world has changed now. Yes. The, the other big thing for me, and you might not be seeing this. So again, I'd love to hear your take on it. Mm -hmm. I used to do Facebook lives all the time to promote and to sell my courses. Facebook lives worked like gangbusters for years for me. I do not do them anymore. They do not move the needle for me. Now that might be me and maybe industry I'm in or whatever, but I have found better success with either an Instagram live, but even more so Zoom because the world Everyone knows how to use Zoom now. Years yeah. ago, that was not the yes. case. My dad knows how to use Zoom and that's saying a <laughs> lot. And so because everyone knows how to use Zoom, we've been doing Zoom 
live trainings, like during a pre-launch to kind of prime the pump. Those have worked very well for us versus going live on Facebook. We just do not see the kind of engagement or the numbers we used to. Do you think part of that is because for somebody to join on Zoom, they have to make a micro commitment. Like they have to say, yes, I want to attend in order to get the link versus just showing up on Facebook and, and seeing it. Do you think that has any part of it? Great point. Yes. I think the attention span on Facebook is shorter. They might be scrolling, they see my video and they watch it. They might be there for five minutes and then something else grabs their attention and I've lost them. And, but yes, when, when to get on zoom, you have to literally be like, oh, I need to click this link and I need to show up and here I am. And maybe you're putting your camera on, maybe you're not. It is a bigger commitment and that micro commitment actually I think is attracting a more quality audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That. So you have to share with me. Uh, yes. I know this is your show, yes. but I can't, <laughs> I can't help myself. What are you seeing? That's like working or not working now. Yeah. The biggest thing that I have seen is when it comes with our private clients, we're working one-on-one with them to launch their digital course. They have a connection with their audience. And so that does require them to build an audience, to be showing up, to being visible, to having conversations. Um, So then when it comes time to launch your digital course, sell your digital course, there's people that already know who you are, what you stand for, what you are about, what your expertise is. And so those that show up, tend to have more success in selling their course. Showing up on camera is definitely something that I had to get over. But once you do, it allows you to have real conversations with people. And it's just a game changer because you're no longer just some random person. You are Amy, you are Chelsea. And that that can really help build relationships. And with yes, all the social media channels that we have, there's so many different ways to do it where you can have a podcast where you don't have to show up, right? You just share your, share your thoughts. But that has been really helpful because having the connection with your community helps you create the course that people want to buy. And you're not creating in a dark hole and then you put it out there and there's nobody that's really knows who you are, what you're about. I love Um, that you said this. This is so valuable connecting with your audience because one of the biggest questions I get is Amy, I want to create a course on XYZ, but it's already been been done before Mm. and it's being done by a few people. And there's a few people that are really big and have huge audiences that have kind of cornered the market. So they think that they can't create a course on this because it's already been done and it's been done a lot. And I say, it doesn't matter. And exactly for the reason you just said, when you connect with your audience, when you build a community, when you're showing up for them, when you're adding value consistently over time, they choose you over everyone else because Mm -hmm. you have connected with them. There's that no like and trust factor. And so 14 years ago, when I came on the scene, Uh, everyone and their mother was a social media manager. Literally people would wake up and they're like, I'm going to be a social media manager. It was wild. There was no regulation or anything. And so everyone was teaching social media when I decided to teach Facebook marketing. And there was one woman that was called the queen of Facebook marketing. And she still is today, 14 years later, Mari Smith. And so I I, could have easily said there is no place for me, but I didn't. And I don't 
quite understand why I had the courage back then because I didn't have a lot of confidence, but I wanted this bad enough. Yes. I didn't want to have that nine to five job anymore. And so I started teaching it and I had my own style, my own way. And I kept going and going and going until people started to listen. And I carved my own little subset of that big niche out for myself. And so it absolutely can be done, but it comes down to you connecting and creating the content and adding value and listening more than you talk. Like everything that you just said is so important to find your audience online. So yes. I couldn't, I couldn't second that and even more. I think part of it is that you have that belief in yourself that you, what you say matters. And yes. even if it's just one person that hears it, that one person needed to hear it. So I'm going to give you um, an analogy. I had a conversation with one of my clients. Her name is Paula. She's creating a digital course uh, for healthcare leadership. And, um, she was having doubts about creating your course because there's probably somebody that's already created it. Right. And she said, I was at the grocery store and I looked in the ice cream aisle and I realized, huh, look how many flavors and types of vanilla that there are. Yes. There, she was like, there's dozens of vanilla, right? And she was like, they obviously if they're in a grocery store somebody is buying it because if they weren't buying it, the grocery store wouldn't carry it. So there's homestyle vanilla and classic vanilla and French bean or whatever. Yes, there's and gallon, favorite, my there's husband's the... favorite Tillamook. He loves that yes. vanilla ice cream. Yes. There's the blue bunny and the <laughs> yes. bluebell and all that stuff. And so I love that just visual representation of there are dozens of varieties of vanilla ice cream and people want it because they all have their different preferences on mouthfeel and brand and all that. If we can have dozens of vanilla, we're not even talking like chocolate chip here. Right. Then of course we can have dozens of digital courses that are in the same industry because everybody's going to bring their own nuance and their own touch and just their own, um, their own energy with it. It's so true. And, and I, I know we can move on from this topic, but I want to say one more thing. Sometimes I'm talking to someone and I'll mention like someone who's killing it in the industry and has like a big, big piece of the pie in terms of selling a specific sure. type of course. And I'll say, oh, do you know Jane Doe? I'll just throw out a name thinking everyone knows this name. I have uh -huh. no clue who that person is. And they're yes. in my mind, the biggest of the biggest. And yes. that is proof that you, that's another thing we're in this world. So if I was in the um, industry of uh, teaching kids how to not be pesky eaters, okay? So I'm a nutritionist and I help parents with their toddlers. I'm in that world, so I see everything uh -huh. in that world. There's other people who are not living in that world. They have no idea who the major players are. They don't live in my niche like I do. So remember, you have a very narrow view of something where most people do not know the players, so you can be the player. Yes. Oh, I love that. Okay. So this kind of helps us shift into this next question that I want to ask, um, want to go through with you. And one of the things that we talk about here in my community is we're really honest about the murky middle. 
of mm-hmm. in business where yeah. you're in the waters and it's cloudy and you can't see in front of you. And do you turn around and go back because you know it's safe there? Or do you keep swimming forward even though you can't see and hope that you get to the shore, that you get to paradise or you yeah. get to wherever it is that you want to go? So sometimes I come across this and I'm sure you do. People are hesitant about taking the next step for creating their digital course because they're scared they won't eventually get there or they or they're scared they won't make the financial return on investment or they're just scared of the unknown. What advice would you have for somebody to I guess keep going, keep swimming um even though we can't necessarily guarantee an outcome or we can't see what the future holds? Uh, I love this. So when I worked for Tony Robbins, he used to tell this story about when you want something bad enough, you have to storm the island and burn the boats. And this was like a really big thing for me when I was first starting out, because when you storm that island and burn the boats, there's no going back. So when you get into that murky middle and you look back thinking, maybe I should go back to my job or maybe I should go back to consulting, even though I want to create courses or whatever it might be, it's not an option. Whatever Mm. you need to do to eventually cut ties so it's not an option, that is really important. Now, metaphorically, you might need to do it. So for me, when I left my nine to five job, uh, storming the island and burning the boats was I made a commitment I wouldn't be a contractor for Tony Robbins. And they had a lot of contractors. I could have easily taken a 20 hour a week contractor position, but I knew one foot into nine to five, it would be really comfy and easy for me to go both feet in. So I wouldn't allow myself that opportunity, even though I probably would have loved the money at the time and the security. So it's, it could be metaphorical or it could be really like, you know, you take something away off, off the table, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but the way you stay in it, number one is you've got to get crystal clear on what you want. What do you want? You don't want a digital course. You want freedom. You want consistent revenue. You want to be on the map known for something and you know, a digital course can get you there. So getting really clear on big picture, what you want is so important because the days that your worries knock you down, that why, why you're doing what you're doing is going to pick you up and push you back out. Very, very important. Another thing that allowed me to stay in that messy middle longer than I wanted, and I know exactly what you mean by that. The messy middle for me would have been year two in business where I went backwards in my revenue. I made more money my first year than I made my second year because I started to experiment and try things that weren't working. And uh, also uh, everything felt hard. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was in an awkward position every day, everything was uncomfortable. I knew that was my messy middle. I was trying to figure it out. I didn't know. No one knew who I was. All of it was hard. That just doesn't doesn't feel good to be there. (laughs) Nothing feels good. So why did I stay there? Why did I feel uncomfortable every day for probably a good year that second year? Why did I stay there and not go back to something that I knew well and I could make money with and, and probably would have eased my mind? And that is because I knew that other people were doing it. I was inspired by other women. That's another thing. I surrounded myself with people that were doing Mm -hmm. bigger, better things than me. And I saw them and I thought, 
if these women can do it, there's gotta be a way that I could do it as well. Yes. I knew like, there's gotta be a way. So I fueled my brain with inspiration during that messy middle. I would mm. look for proof that it can be done. I would make friends with other women that were doing bigger things than me. I would find a way to get into the room. Like in my early years, I was actually uh, working. Uh, I had a, a side gig with Michael Stelzner of Social Media Examiner. I just had lunch with him the other day. So this reminded me of that. I quit my nine to five job, but he um, paid me to run his community. So it was just a way to get out in front of people that I didn't have access to. And I would see what these people were doing. And then I would go to events and uh, through Social Media Examiner, and there'd be all these amazing people doing big things. And I thought, I want that. So I would study what they were doing. You have to surround yourself with people doing bigger things than you. It will absolutely keep you in the game until you can go past that messy middle. Oh, that is so good. And for me, what has helped in addition to that is picking one person and following their methods. So it's like, you want to be around all these successful entrepreneurs and there's so many different ways of doing things. But when I, when it comes time to, okay, I'm going to take action. What's helped me is to to find one person and go all in with that one person instead of trying to patchwork like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I saw a post on social media, so I think I should do this. And that's what's helped me have progress is because I go all in with one method or one strategy. Um, and then, then I, same. I love that you brought that up because I've talked about that before. Don't have too many mentors don't have yeah. too many guides. And I like what you said even more, choose one. And, and for me, I can, I can, there's different seasons of my business. I've been doing this for 14 years, but I could pick out who was my mentor during that time, who was yes. my mentor. And I would study if they would be willing to share, I'd study everything they did. So that's another great point. Find a mentor that's willing to lay out the roadmap for you that mm -hmm. whether they sell a course or a membership or a mastermind, well, they will tell you how to do it that is so important. Don't find the mentors that are big pie in the sky, general, you can yeah. do it, that, you know, keep going, hustle. No, tell me how you did it. That's I mean, what I do specifics. with my digital course launch. <laughs> step by step, this is how you do it. I think that's so important. Yeah, because otherwise I think you do a lot of mental gymnastics where you're just all over the place because you're, you just, you have so much input and it's hard to sift through different styles, different pieces of advice, different strategies. So yeah. I am definitely a fan of going all in uh, with one. Um, so recently, Amy, I went to the Kajabi conference. So Kajabi Hero Live. It was just so much fun. And maybe this is because I work from home and I don't see actual human <laughs> beings very often besides my family, but it was empowering to be in the room with other entrepreneurs alongside people who have similar goals, they're course creators, they have online businesses. It fostered this environment to collaborate and just all the ideas were flowing. So it's great energy. You do this exceptionally well in the virtual space. I've been in your boot camps. I've been in your groups. You do this very well where you just pull in these fantastic people that have similar goals. So what would you say is the best opportunity for an entrepreneur who is wanting to create a course, but wants to be in a community with 
others that have similar goals. I love that you brought this up because you're right. Those live events where you get in proximity with other people doing big mm -hmm. things, there's no way you're not going to feel inspired, but also you can be held accountable. And so Ooh. every year I do a boot camp and it's called Course Confident. And I invite my community in. It's the cheapest thing I do is 47 bucks, but I invite my community in and together we start the course creation journey from coming up with your idea to choosing how to, or how to validate the idea, choosing what type of course to create, how much to charge for it, how to grow an audience so people wanna buy it. Like the basic foundational pieces of course creation, we do it together so that people are held accountable and they're showing up and they're meeting other people that are doing it. And so every year I do this so that I can kickstart course creation for those that aren't really sure where to start. Like that's the biggest question I get. Amy, I want to create a course, but I have no idea where to start. So yes. that that's why we created Course Confident. It's my most favorite thing I do every year. What we found is when those decisions are made, the course yeah. topic and, and just these very strategic decisions about your course, it unlocks everything else because you have a path forward. If you can't make those decisions um, early on, those ideas just swirl in your head and take up brain space. Yes. And having a, a, a community to um, spitball ideas and to gain inspiration can be so valuable to make those decisions so you can move on to actually getting your course created. Absolutely. I feel like that's the thing, you know, backing up a little, I have a personal trainer that encourages me to work out because she's in my garage three times yeah. a week at 6 a.m. Like I don't have an option, but I always think like if she wasn't there, I wouldn't do this as much as I want to work out and be healthy. It's something I struggle with. And so yes. if, if someone's listening and they're struggling with being accountable to growing their business and getting their projects done and, and they've thought about courses forever, but they haven't started it. They think they need to wait to grow an audience first or wait to get more experience. And they're like, how long am I going to wait? This is that opportunity just to kickstart it with other people that will inspire you and keep you accountable. That I think is so important. I think we all need accountability. Entrepreneurship can be so lonely and isolating if you don't find communities like this. So good. And I want my audience to get into this as well. So I'll share the link. It's yourcoursepro.com slash bootcamp. And uh, I'll give you all the details in the show notes or in uh, the description where you are watching this. Okay. I want to shift into a couple rapid fire questions because I okay. think that's always like fun uh, to just go for it. Are you cool with that? Amy? I'm good. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Okay. So first question is, can you share a book that you have read recently that turned out to be pleasantly surprising. Yes. So there's this book 10 times is easier than two times. Sometimes I think I get the title mm -hmm. a little wrong close enough. Yeah. It is so fantastic. I'm a big believer in less is more. That's why when I teach people how to create courses, you create one course, then you launch it over and over and over again. So less is more. And this book is all about that. You will be inspired to do less in your business, but go bigger. Oh my gosh. I love that because I have a client, she's a DCA alum and we've partnered together so I could handle her Kajabi things. She's launched her course eight times, the exact same course, put in the bulk of her work in 2020. And she's just been able to serve and support students without needing to do all that heavy lifting. Yes. Okay. Next question. In the last week or so, 
what is something that has made you laugh? So I laugh at my husband every single day. He's a goofball <gasps> and he is so silly more so than he probably should be half the time. Half the time I'm like, can you please be serious? Yes. But that's my favorite part of my marriage is I laugh every single day with that man. Oh my gosh. I love that. Cause we just get to see little snippets of Hobie yes. uh, on social media. So didn't know he was uh, uh, a humor. Okay. So what piece of advice have you been leaning on recently? Ooh, I love that question. It is to allow myself to have the feelings that are hard. So I talked to my coach about, I have a business coach and I talked to him about this morning. I've been worried about different things in the business. I have a brand new CEO, which means I'm taking a step back from managing my leadership team. I'm not as involved in every meeting like I used to be. When you build a business, you know everything about your company. And then as you grow it, you start to learn, know a little less when you get other people to take over. So I'm a worrier by nature. And he said to me today, worry, let yourself feel that if, you, if you're a little worried oh. about this or you don't feel good about that, like, mm, I don't know, that feels weird. Let yourself have all the feelings. Don't live there. But I tend to beat myself up for having the negative feeling. And he's sure. like, now you're doing a double whammy on the feeling. Yeah. So just knowing that all emotions are valid, all of them are normal. We're yeah. entrepreneurs. We're going to be disappointed. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to feel overwhelmed at different times throughout our journey. And so I'm just allowing myself to have all the feelings and then moving on. Gotcha. I love that. Feel the feels. This is what yes. hard feel feels, feels like. It's okay. We'll, we'll keep on going from here. All right. So looking ahead, Amy, what is something that you are looking forward to throughout the remainder of this year? I am so excited about this boot camp. I mean it when I say it's my oh. most fun thing I do all year because I get to get into the boot camp and I do live trainings. Everything's recorded if you can't make it live, but I'm there live. I'm talking to my students, I'm answering their questions, we're troubleshooting. I like that live aspect to really help people in real time. And that's what the boot camp is. And and I also love to see the light bulbs go off and people are oh. super excited for the first time to create a course. I live for that. And so I really hope that we see your community in there. I will say you and I make a good team, my yes. friend. We're not officially a team, but yeah. when people go through DCA and then want extra one-on-one -on -one support, you yeah. are their girl. And I know that when they come into your world, they have a model to follow, which I, I know you've told me is a great thing. So I love that you and I are partnering in this way. And vice versa, because the, uh, the clients that tend to do the best it's because they've started with DCA. They have an understanding of what it takes to create a course. And then they come with me to just partner on taking care of all of the tech and just yes. the logistics of everything. When they come into my world, they already have a lot of these decisions made and they know what they're doing. They just want somebody to walk them through the execution of it. Um, so yeah, we are, it's, it is a great partnership. Okay. It really is. So final question for you, Amy, after hearing this conversation, our listeners, how do you think they should finish this sentence? Today, I listened to Amy Porterfield and she taught me blank. Oh, I love that. So let me think. That's such a good one. Um, today, I listened to Amy Porterfield and she taught me that I am absolutely capable of creating a digital course from scratch. And I already have what it takes 
to move forward. I don't need more time. I don't need more education. I don't need more certifications or education. Like I am ready. That's what I want people to think and feel when they walk away from this episode. I love that so much. Okay. So their next step is to continue on with you. So boot camp would be their the next place yes. for them, right? Would that you agree? A perfect next step. That's why I designed right. it. It's low risk to learn the basics of getting started with a digital course is exactly where you should start. Amy, thank you. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. I just so appreciate your time in the conversation. And of course, it's fun to talk about digital courses, our favorite topic. Oh my goodness, Chelsea. Thank you so much. I'm such a fan of your work. You do beautiful things in your business and it's always fun to see you part of our community. So thanks again.